Hey guys, I'm Kara Santa Maria, and I took a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance, and you just call it faith in unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Coming at you from some corner of the alphabet, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and I'm keen to kindly come up with a calamitous Kabbalistic causes for concern. Joining me as usual are the atheists able to set ablaze an absolute approach to apostasy. Her no-nonsense navigable knowledge of the nebulous is almost neoclassic, Nancy. What? <laughs> What is that called? Is, is it alliteration when you, when I have you no do? Idea. Yeah, just beautiful took, job at that. Words that start with Dan. Yeah, no. You, alliter- you alliterate gorgeously. Sometimes my intros are good. And he is a surely sacrosanct savior scheduled to seamlessly singe the sacred Scott. Wow, that was good. I like it. <laughs> you know, sometimes I do have some talent. Guys, welcome can, can, back. Can you do my. When I, when I die, can you do my obituary? <laughs> All with the same letter starting the word? Yeah, that's that's awesome. What makes that's you think great. I won't go first? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's now given you a job to do, and you're the kind of guy that can't resist a challenge. Do we know you or not? <laughs> Guys, welcome back. And uh, we're going to have fun today because we're going to be talking to uh, Dave, a.k.a. the Great White North of the Wayward Atheist. I went on his show, and now we're returning on the favor. But first, let's do a bit of chit-chat. Lots of things happening this week. Guys, did you hear about Mr. Kevin O'Leary? Mr. Kevin O'Leary drops out. There is some good news in the world. I didn't hear about that. Yes. I must be losing my mind. He actually dropped out of the race, and now he endorses Maxime Bernier. Uh, Of course, he says he could have won, but was unsure of beating Trudeau. That's (laughs) pretty honest, actually. So he, he cited his poor French skills and his lack of traction in Quebec. Way to go, Quebec. There you go. Um, it's always good to drop out for a certain type of personality, to drop out and say, I could have. I could have. <laughs> because for the rest of your life, you can you know, live on that dream. You don't have to be crashed with the reality of nobody liked you enough to vote, <laughs> vote you in. I could have. <laughs> uh, he, well, he showed to me that he didn't have his heart in it to begin with. Uh, he says, quote, Look how many times Quebec determines the federal outcome. It's the Florida of Canada. And you know what? what? He, he, I, I agree with that. He's actually right. And the reason for that is Quebecers have known for a long time now, and I could speak as one, of course, sticking together actually works. Uh, I hear a lot of yes. this kind of nonsense here in BC about, oh, how those Quebecers are always getting what they want. And, you know, I keep telling them the reason for that is, well, I'll make a comparison. BC wines, Quebec wine. Quebecer does something about it, and then BC usually shrugs, uh, shrugs their shoulders and says, well, there's nothing you can do. If yes. you stick together, if this entire province, for example, decide to vote together and vote, I don't know, whatever party, let's go NDP, for example, uh, you know what? The rest of the country would notice. And it's exactly what happened during not this last federal election, but the one before that. Remember when Quebec turned orange for the Orange Crush? Remember <laughs> that? It's exactly what happens. And this is how you do things in politics. And if you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to stick together, well, you know what? You can't complain. Good point. All right. Another great news today. The IRS, 
You know, these guys down the States, they raided Benny Hinn. Woohoo! Yeah, I, saw the, I saw the headline. It's about what took him so long. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the IRS moves pretty slowly when it comes to something big like that. Yeah. So, uh, federal agents, 50 federal agents, have raided the Dallas Fort Worth, Dallas Fort Worth, near Negative Wind. It's in Texas. Yeah, base of, uh, the base of Hinn's operation. Hinn, wow. who is 64, is uh, actually currently in Paris. We'll have to stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. One down, I'm hoping so. Anyway. Uh, there's been some new archaeological discovery of human activity in California. <laughs> you mean there was no human? No way. <laughs> <laughs> we all know they're not well, human yeah. down there. So. No. Well, they always say, well, they say California is the land of nuts and flakes, and now they found there's actual human beings. Wow. Yeah, read on, you heard Kevin. Heard first. Read on. You heard. No. <laughs> what, what this has done is <laughs> it's pushed. They've, they've, they've been thinking that humans have been on the... Uh, in the area in uh, in uh, North America for about 24,000 years. Uh-huh. But now, this uh, new activity has pushed back the date to human activity in North America to from 24,000 years ago to 131,000 years ago. Wow. They actually found some Mastodon skulls, and they, uh, they found some cutting marks that were actually made with tools that they actually reproduce and... Uh, and Whoever was there at the time actually was eating that kind of meat. Where, did, where in California? Coastal San Diego. Okay. Yeah. Because it's warm. It's warmer down there. I don't know whether that makes a difference, but I wonder. I didn't even know Mastodon were in Coastal coast. San Diego, but apparently yeah. they were. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, I've got a lot of good news this week. Yeah. Uh, Ontario. The Ontario budget for 2017. They decided to give free prescription drugs for anybody under 25. I saw really? that too. Yeah. It'll come into effect Whoa. in January 2018. And it should cover 4,400 different kinds of drugs. And it should cost them about $465 million a year for Ontario to do that. Well, just think of the, uh, the, the parents out there who can't afford medicines and what a change that'll be for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, kids go through flu and cold and, and, um, you know, ear problems. That'll be the drugs they don't cover. Sorry, we're not covering (laughs) antibiotics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's very interesting to do that. Some people have been criticizing, saying you should be starting to do that with the senior population first. But if you're going to do a pilot project like that, you want to do it maybe with a a population that's less prone to take these kind of medications? Well, and, and you can measure the effects of it post as they age mm-hmm. you can measure the effects of of what's going on right yeah well you can you so know, they'll be able to see if there's a positive outcome because will these kids be utilizing the system later on or will they actually be healthier exactly, exactly. well the, the the benefits are enormous because if you have a family um that is struggling and they've got three or four kids and they all come down with colds they all come down with you know some kind of a virus some kind of a problem and the family can't get the scripts filled those kids are now going to suffer the effects of not being well for how many years? Yeah. And, and, and now you give them a chance to, to be healthy and to be able to go to school, to learn, to do a lot of things no, that, they, you know, that they might fair, be restricted from. To be fair, though, a lot of provinces, I don't know what Ontario has, but here in BC, we've got the Pharmacare. Uh, Nova Scotia had Pharmacare. I think New Brunswick has Pharmacare. I don't know about the rest of the provinces. So a lot of them, once you hit a predetermined, based on your income, once you spend so much money, you're covered for medications, for for a certain percentage of the medications. And a lot of people do have prescription plans through their work. 
So I really wonder how much this will cost the province. Well, it would be uh, interesting to... I don't to know. What's the child... Po- I mean, I, one interesting statistic would be to know what the child poverty rate is uh, in is Ontario good, yeah. and the rate of sickness. I mean, what... If you look it's, at... It's you'd have to look at the statistics to see... Right? Yeah. yeah, you'd have to look at the statistics to see perhaps how many prescriptions went unfilled or how many... You know, once you look at that, that then this whole program makes intri- more I sense. I never thought of that because they track that. Yeah. And not yeah. just that, we, we can really uh, certainly say that this would be a good experiment in preventative care. That's it, exactly. preventative care. If we're, if we're providing that. for the people who can't provide for themselves, where does that lead us? Exactly. And, and with the young population, you're able to track it. It's, yeah. it's going to be obviously a long-term experiment, and I hope that uh, uh, future governments from Ontario, future Ontario uh, governments will not trash or you know, kibosh the, the the plan on something like that because th- these things have to run for a good 20 years before you can actually yeah. see a calculated result. I think you'll see that last through successive governments because to kill a program like that is almost political suicide. I would agree. You I know. would agree. Excellent. And uh, one last bit of uh, bittersweet news. The Cassini mission. You guys remember the Cassini mission? We talked about this before. Uh, Scott, you weren't here when we talked about this. This is the uh, orbiter around Saturn. And we talked about Carolyn Porco. She was part of the imaging team, and she sent back those incredible images. Um, the Cassini mission is uh, it's been going on for 20 years. It took uh, seven years to go to Saturn. It's doing its last missions, and it will crash into Saturn around September 15th, 2017. Yeah, right now, they're going to put it. They've just inserted it between Saturn and the rings. That's right. And right now, yeah, it's apparently it's, it's going to go through the rings, isn't it? I'm not so sure. It's going up and down through the rings. It's going to take a whole bunch of pictures. Right now, it's what they call a uh, a death spiral. In, in other words, even if they wanted to pull it out of there, they right don't now, have they the fuel. They don't have the exactly. fuel to do it. So it's, it just flew by Titan one last time, and uh, and it's going to be sending a lot a lot more incredible pictures before it goes down and uh, I guess we've got to say thank you to Cassini the the amazing incredible mission the amazing thing is that there have been a few missions um, the Voyager program where those spacecraft are still functioning you've got the um, uh, what are the other ones oh the Mars the Mars rovers yeah they're still functioning you've got Cassini and and years and years and years of these things functioning mm-hmm yeah, exactly. And and amazingly, they're surviving out, out there in these harsh conditions and just, they keep going, you know. Uh, it's a real testament to our to our technological prowess. Yeah. And, and the team, and, and all the team, of course, at NASA doing the same thing. So those were the news for the week. So a positive week. Usually it's a whole bunch of negative things, but this week is actually pretty positive for us. Yeah, because we... Oh, oh, sorry. Let me let me no. put you back on there. Yeah, we lost your mic. Uh, no, <laughs> sorry. About that. No, we usually cover so many different disasters, and we're sitting here going, "Oh," and then talking about it. It's good. Good to have maybe it's a yeah. positive week. Yeah, a positive week. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep it well, going. I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of feel sorry for the Cassini probe. I mean, yeah, it's going to have a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> but it did so many good things. It did so many good things while it was going. Okay, come on, world. You got one one down, and you got the whole rest of the year to go. What worries me? I mean, it's 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 a bittersweet ending, of course, to a great mission. And what always worries me about a mission like that is, uh, of course, it has to come to an end. All good things come to an end. But uh, there was a time where we, as a species, used to dream way more 
you know, and now, you know, they've talked about putting a man on Mars, but it seems to me that we don't have that same drive that we used to have, like, like back in the 60s, when they were, we were looking towards a future with, you know, very positively, but now it's, whenever there's a mission or anything like that of science exploration, which, frankly, is kind of like the heart of the human species exploration, uh, we always come back against well, people that talk money. Well, and one thing to look at, though, the, the funding back in the 60s was based on political aspirations. They, Absolutely. They, there, was, there was the schism between the communists and, and the democracy. That's where I was going to go to, Scott. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. The, the, and, and the democracies, uh, the, the, the democratic side of things were, were trying to outperform. And, and strangely enough, if you look back through the space program, the only thing we actually beat the communists at was landing on the moon. Absolutely. If you look at the, the sheer number of probes that the Soviet Union sent out and actually brought data back, it outnumbers what the Americans did by about 10 to 1. Yeah. The Soviet program was so successful and we hear nothing about it. I did some, some research into this. But all that data is open and it, it's there for people to look at. They didn't squirrel it away and hide it. It's there and you can actually go and look at it and look at the pictures and look at the data that was sent back. And, and NASA uses a lot of that data, right? It's, it's kind of sad to think that uh, the entire space race to the moon was nothing but a reaction to uh, it was political. Uh, military fear. Yeah, it was political. Yeah. Purely when, political. when did Sputnik, was it 57? 1957. 57. Oh, I thought it was 54. Sputnik, no, no, it was 50, 57. Yeah, it was 57. I, I wasn't there. So. I remember because we were I developing was. our, I remember. <laughs> I remember the stories. Um, yeah. We were developing the, uh, the Avro Arrow at that time. Yes, yes. And we crumpled that program pretty good in yeah. 58 or yeah so anyway so uh, let's let, let's see what the, the the future brings and the, i guess we kind of leave on that that question is uh, is democracy or or a form of democratic capitalism bad for exploration or do, do we only well, go explore things wait, when we're pushed to do so wait a minute now look at what's happening though there are visionaries out there the Elon Musk well, and the, the question. That's why I'm the, the Elon question. Musk's and the uh, the uh, oh, what's his name? The guy who does Galaxy or uh, oh, Richard Virgin, Branson. Virgin, yeah, Richard Branson's. These guys are out there creating spacecraft. They're out there creating uh, uh, programs, and they're trying honestly to bring commercialism to space. The drives there. They see those visionaries see something there that there's opportunity. And you're going to see it happen. Yeah, exactly. I, I have a little bit, I hate to use the word, but I have a little bit of faith in these guys. <laughs> I, I think they're going to make Good it use, happen. Good use, that's okay. Yeah, I think they're going to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. All right, time for this day in history. It certainly is. Yeah, we're going to do this day in history. Every now and then you get a week that's kind of interesting, so we can do that. We can do scams. We've got a lot of a lot of ways we can go to keep audiences uh, um, happy, I hope. At any rate, here we go, this day in history, which, as we know, is a roundup of those events and individuals that altered and illuminated the days between April the 24th to April the 30th. Well, the first thing I noticed when I was looking up um, the day, the first day, which is April the 24th, I always look to see what day, what holidays and what commemorations there are for that day. So I go to April the 24th, and it's Fashion Revolution Day, Ooh. and I'm going... Oh, does that mean I 
can't wear my purple gym shoes? Does that mean <laughs> I can't put that streak of red in my... What is the fashion revolution? Or can I do those days? And my mind immediately went to the fashion that you see, that what you're wearing, you know, the, what's new in the, in the department store windows. Oh, no. Fashion Revolution Day is something entirely different. And this is a uh, commemoration um, that started in 2013 when a building in India collapsed. Ooh. And it was in a mall where they were, uh, it was a factory. And out of that awful collapse, um, it was in Bangladesh, out of that awful collapse came um, 90 countries coming together with a, a slogan that is, who made my clothes and it's the safety issues and who who is purchasing the um, the contracts to make the clothes and where they're sold so it's a follow the supply chain rather than the end result and it was kind of interesting to see that wow. you know your mind goes in one direction fashion revolution and yet it's where's my clothes let's follow the supply chain and mm. see you know who got the contracts to sell what in, in Very what cool. countries i yeah, think i recall those uh, those incidents like uh, yeah and that was really interesting 1894 on april 24th Joshua Slocum set sail around the world in his sailboat called the Spray. And he was an interesting guy. He was um, born in 1844, um, and he was the first man to sail single-handedly. you got to think of the time that this was. single. Although, you know, when you think about the Contiki and things like that yeah. from, from the islands, you know, this is nothing new. But in terms of the Western world, um, 1894, was um, uh, pretty early, and he was he was a Canadian. He was from Nova Scotia. Um, he was a naturalized American seaman and adventurer, and a writer. And he disappeared in 1909 while aboard his boat, the Spray. Mm. So that's kind of he he went the way he wanted to go, you know, loving what he was doing. Um, wow. He set sail from Boston. He wrote a book called Sailing Alone Around the World, and it's considered a classic of travel literature. And he described his departure. I just, I just love this. I'm going to take a, take a minute. He said, I had resolved on a voyage around the world, and as the wind in the morning of April 24, 4th, 1895 was fair. At noon, I weighed the anchor, set sail, and filed away from Boston, where the spray had been moored snugly all winter. Nice way to nice way to start a nice, nice poetic yes, way yes. to start the the adventure. April 26th. Is World Intellectual Property Day. Um, April 28th is Workers Memorial Day in Canada. And on that day, April the 28th, um, a, an operation during World War II called Operation Mincemeat began. And this is really interesting. If, you, if I, 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 Those of you who have heard this story before, but to those of you who are, that are new, this may be a revelation to you. Um, Operation Mincemeat involved the acquisition and dressing up of a human cadaver who was known as Major William Martin, RM. And what the Brits did was they got this, uh, they found a cadaver. I, I don't believe it was someone from a family. I believe it was someone who had not been, had not been claimed. 
and they put that body in the sea near Spain. And the reason they did it was they dressed him up and gave him in a military outfit. They gave him a briefcase containing fake letters falsely stated that the Allied attack would be against Sardinia and Greece rather than Sicily, which was the actual point of invasion during World War II. Brilliant. And so when the Germans found the body, it had all the false pocket litter, data, um, and when the, the Spaniards found it, they thought it was real. And so the Spanish intelligence service passed the copies of the papers to the German intelligence service, which the Brits and the Americans knew what that was going to happen. So they were passed on to the high command, and this ruse was so successful that the Germans still believed that Sardinia and Greece were the intended objective weeks after the landings in Sicily had actually begun. And there was a movie made about it called The Man Who Never Was. Oh, cool. So, so, yeah, it was a really really good movie. I remember seeing the movie years ago. A classic bait and switch, I guess? It was a, yeah, it absolutely was a a bait and switch. Um, And in 1947, a balsa wood craft, the Contiki, who we mentioned before, and a crew of six left Peru. They were bound for Polynesia, which was reached 101 days later. And it was captained by anthropologists. Anybody remember his name? Nope. <laughs> or Heyerdahl. His name was uh, on the best-selling list for years and years and years. And he wanted to demonstrate his belief that the voyage was possible using materials and technology of pre-Columbian times and that ancient Polynesians could have originated in, in South America. Mm, very good. Yeah, they're, they're, the books are still... I mean, everybody bought that book and had it on their coffee table. You just you couldn't couldn't avoid it. And it was a, the subject of a, of a lot of... Um, uh, conversations and documentaries and things like that. It's really exciting for the time. Mm-hmm. 1953, a U.S. patent was issued for an overcoat for two people. Okay. And, uh, okay, then. And, and I, you know, every time I read that, it's like, why in the world would anybody, was it for Siamese twins? Why would anybody make a patent? Well, you've seen t- these 16 year old couples, you know, they can't get their hands <laughs> off each other. They're just, you know, no. If they're just going to be constantly hugging each other, you might as well just put an overcoat over there. You may have solved the mystery. That's been <laughs> one of those open mysteries. <laughs> that, that, is a, that is a strange one, though. An overcoat for two. An overcoat for true. The man that did it, Howard C. Rawson, has a patent number. There's nothing about, if anyone knows anything about Mr. Howard C. Rawson, please send us, let let us know. Um, In 1984, um, that's the day that became Workers' Memorial Day, and the day is now recognized internationally to respect persons killed or injured in the workplace. April the 30th, which is tomorrow is tax day in Canada and most Canadians typically have until April the 30th to file their tax returns (laughs) (laughs) Um, and Canadians who are self-employed have till June 15th Um, 1966 the formation of the Church of Satan not the satanic temple people 
totally different. The Church of Satan is an organization dedicated to the philosophy of Satanism as codified in the Satanic Bible. And the Church of Satan was established at the Black House in San Francisco, California, absolutely the most perfect place to do this, um, <laughs> by Anton LaVey who was the church's high priest until his death in 1997. And then in, nine, in 2001, Peter Gilmore became the high priest of the church and the headquarters were moved again just perfect to Hell's Kitchen in Manhattan. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> oh, don't you love it? I mean, well, that's they serve really, you devil's food cake, right? Or the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and that, dear listeners, brings to a close another passing parade of interesting, mundane, unusual, and occasionally bizarre events that make up this day in history. Awesome. Thank you very much, Nancy. We learned a lot of these things. But before we go to commercial and before we go to uh, meet our guests, uh, Dave from the Good Way North, let's do... Things that make you go, hmm. Oh, yeah. Things that make you go, hmm. Now, according to a nationally representative poll from the summer of 2016, 87% of Danes favor a legal ban on non-therapeutic circumcision of boys under the age of 18. Okay, someone define therapeutic circumcision. <laughs> Non-therapeutic. So, yeah, exactly. What's therapeutic circumcision? Mean? <laughs> Cut your problems away, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so far, politicians have been hesitant, but increasingly willing to listen. Doctors and medical organizations in Denmark and other Nordic countries, and in one notable exception, Eric in the Western world, which is the U.S., agree that circumcision of healthy boys is ethically problematic. It is considered an operation seriously and patently at odd with the Hippocratic Oath, which is first do no harm, no harm. And one that is uh, that conflicts with a variety of international conventions, most notably the UN Declaration of the Rights of the Child. You guys disagree with this? Anyone that wants to play devil's advocate on this? No, I just wonder whether or not there's been any change in um, parents and rabbis view of circumcision um, right after Charles is born, you know, for religious reasons. I don't know whether that's changed or not. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's fairly popular here in North America. I don't know if it still is. Huh. I, 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 I don't know anymore. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody want to let us know? Send us an email. No, I know. I've heard. I've heard arguments on on both sides. I think arguments against circumcision are kind of outweighing those for circumcisions. Yeah. But in, in terms of when it's done, oh, you know, really? right I mean, after if, if birth, not, if it's not medically necessary, then why yeah. are we doing it? Well, I mean, I mean, I've heard some people comment that it's to avoid penile cancer, which yeah. is ridiculous That's, because because you know what, you actually get the cancer of the. Uh, of the nipples is actually way more frequent. It wouldn't and matter. I don't see any it wouldn't matter anyway. You're going to get cancer if you're going to get cancer. Having a flap of skin is not going to change that. No, I'm, but, I'm sorry, but the body was designed to have it. So, well, here's the interesting thing, though: the amputation of healthy infants' foreskin constitutes the single most common surgical procedure in the United States, a several hundred million dollars a year industry. Yes. Mm-hmm. In fact, not one medical association in the whole world recommends circumcisions of healthy boys. There's no reason to do it. No, exactly. Apparently, a study uh, published in Pediatrics in 2016 documented that only one in 200 intact boys will develop a medical condition necessitating a circumcision before the age of 18. 
Well, in, in Jewish, you know, culture, mm-hmm. it was that boys who were circumcised helped prevent women from getting ovarian cancers and things like that. Is that so? Mm-hmm. I thought really? it was just about so that God could recognize which one is Jew. Yeah, well, no, it it was, but I mean, medically, you know, scientifically or medically. There was a a reason for it, but have they proven that? No, that was one of the arguments for Uh, circumcision, mm. you know, in modern times that it it also was was good for for women. I still love the image of having God on his cloud and having a lineup of 100 men and he just goes, you're in, you're in, you're not, you're not, you're in, you're not, you're in, you're not. (laughs) Just by. Boys, drop your pants and let's see who's in and who's not, right? Who's in the club? You're, you're not in the club. You're not in the club, yeah. sorry. Cut or uncut, that's all there is to it. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for this, wow. guys. Let's go to commercial right now, and we'll be right back with our friend Dave of the Greenway North. Stay with us. If your skepticism is socially conscious and doesn't take itself too seriously, you might like life, the universe, and everything else. People like Ray Comfort are fond of saying, what use is half a wing, right? Have you ever seen a f***ing penguin? (laughs) Life, the universe, and everything else. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere else. I don't know, Zoom? Is that still a thing? What is secular humanism? Critical thinking. Knowledge is freedom. Freedom from ignorance and its offspring, fear. The BC Humanist Association has been active in the Vancouver area for over 25 years. We offer a friendly and welcoming place to make new friends, as well as free educational lectures. We invite you to join us any Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Oak Ridge Senior Centre. Please visit our website for more details, bchumanist.ca. A Canadian, a New Yorker, and a Southern Belle walked into a podcast, and all hell broke loose. Seriously, though, what happens when we three ladies get together? Well, definitely a lot of talking. And accents. Funny accents. Well, I don't have an accent, but my co-hosts sure do. We mix North, South, and the Great White North together for two hours of pure secular discussion. Nothing is off-limits. From goofy religions like Scientology, woo like ghost hunting and alternative medicine, to hardcore history, hermeneutics, sex, and science, we cover it all. What the heck is a hermeneutic? Well, it's not a guy named Herman who sings falsetto, that's for sure. Join Beth, Ashley, and myself, Deborah, every Monday night at 9.30pm Eastern, and we take you beyond the trailer park and bring the conversation to life. Join us live on YouTube and participate in the conversation via the Q&A system, or catch us later on Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, and Nobex. Visit www.beyondthetrailerpark.com for links to the show and our upcoming schedule. Bring your wine and sweet tea and settle in for fun facts and free thinking. We happily wear the explicit tag, though, so make sure to wash out your mouth with something tasty before listening. That's live at 9.30pm Eastern on YouTube. Come give us a like and a share, no matter what type of accent you have. I'm the satellite
The amazing thing is that every atom in your body came from a star that exploded. And the atoms in your left hand probably came from a different star than your right hand. It really is the most poetic thing I know about physics. You are all stardust. You couldn't be here if stars hadn't exploded because the elements, the carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, iron, all the things that matter for evolution weren't created at the beginning of time. They're created in the nuclear furnaces of stars and the only way they can get into your body is if the stars were kind enough to explode. So forget Jesus, the stars died so that you could be here today, okay? And, and anyway. And we're back. All right. Well, on the line with us, we have our guests. We have uh, Dave from the Great White North. Uh, he's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer. Guys, welcome, Dave. Dave, how you doing, buddy? Well, you know, I got a lie to the people. <laughs> Good to have you, Dave. Right on. I, I'll, I'll correct them. I'm ugly. I wear ripped up clothes, and I can't dance for shit. Hey, that uh, makes that makes two of us. That makes all of us. <laughs> you fit right in. <laughs> well, well, welcome to the Left of the Valley, and uh, you are one of the hosts, or you're the main host, right, of the Wayward Atheist. Yes, I'm the main host. Um, that podcast formed out of a podcast that I used to have called The Atheist, as in Each Atheist. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, I, I came up with the name, but I don't, I'm not like one of those guys where it's my show. I, I think it's, everybody does their fair share and pretty much like ours. Out. Pretty much like our show. Well, Dave, yeah. uh, some of our uh, audience might not know you, so if you'd be so kind, give us the Reader's Digest version of who you are and how the whole show started. Okay, um, like how, how, how much of an interview do you want? I should have um, asked you this before because I don't know if you heard my interview on Corey's podcast. There's, I can go, like, I kind of need to know how far back you want me to go. No, well, give us something uh, some, something brief for now and uh, we'll... The we'll okay. beginning of time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> time. We need All a right. nap. Just keep going. Just start in. <laughs> we'll set All the alarm right. and right. you're good no, to I go. I want, want to know what kind of interview interview you want because I've kind of, I've, I've lived two separate lives, really. The first half of my life was really, like, uh, dark and, and messed up, um... Like my sister was murdered, and I did some time in jail. And, oh goodness! Uh, and stuff like that. So I just I want to know, like, where, like where, what, what sort of interview do you want? Give, do you, give you us, want, like, give us something, give us something brief a, for now, and yeah. something you're comfortable with. Okay, well, I'm comfortable with telling the whole story. It doesn't bother me. Do you want me to go there? Sure, you got five minutes. Give me that. <laughs> oh shit, we don't have that. Okay, so <laughs> that's not going to work in five minutes. Well, okay, we so want to know how the first that. life led to the second. That's the that's yeah. the interesting story. Yeah. So okay, I'll just yeah. Sorry guys, I kind of freaking uh, my brain went all crazy on you there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm a father of two. I have two sons, um, Rain and Parker. Rain is severely autistic, so that's a, that's kind of a workaround for us. We're always having to come up with uh, strategies on on how to deal with that and um i was you know listening to a a podcast an atheist podcast obviously it's no longer on but it was atheist on air with uh, cash fierstein and uh i never really wanted to be part of the atheist community before listening to that i've been an atheist since i was like eight years old but i just never felt uh, a need or a connection to to be involved so i kind of just lurked and and listened but um, 
listening to his show, he, he inspired me to get involved. So I, I opened up a Facebook account for the first time in 2015 um, to join the Facebook group from the Atheists on Air. So uh, after joining that group, I met up with some people that kind of did a, a podcast. Um, it's called the Forbidden, Forbidden Fruit Show. And they were doing a show on parenting and they wanted to know if I would come on and kind of give examples of how I would discipline my autistic child. I don't discipline my autistic child. Obviously, none of his behaviors are on purpose and they don't warrant discipline. Discipline. You just try to teach them manners on on how to get along with with other people and within your, your house structure. And after I spoke to them for about an hour and a half, they were like, hey, you should start your own podcast. So I started the Atheist podcast as an EHCS podcast with two other people. Um, since then, we've gone our, our separate ways from the original host. And we started a new show with with Ed and the other co-hosts. Fantastic. Well, that's great. And uh, I wish you all the best because your show is relatively recent. It's relatively new, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it, uh, this month will be a year. Perfect. Excellent. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. And yeah, welcome to the club. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the more atheist shows out there, the better. So Dave is going to stick with us uh, for the rest of the show. And right now we're going to go into our segment that we always love and we call Another Brilliant Moment. Brought to you by Religion. So the first story we have is a Texas company fires an employee because she was not Christian enough. Uh-oh, another Texas uh, story. Another <laughs> Texas story. And, quote, needed to examine her walk with Jesus. Such Christian behavior from these Christian companies. <laughs> no. Texas Christianity is a little bit different. Apparently. So a lawsuit filed in Texas uh, documents that Gulf Wind International, which is a Texas trucking company, uh, fired Deanne Thompson after she refused to hand out religious literature for her employer oh, and wow. expressed discomfort with the religious demands being placed on the company's serv- uh, employees. Uh-oh. Wow, that's part of your job you have to it, hand yeah. out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So the, uh, the report says Thompson, which is 52-year-old mother of five daughters, was transferred to a different facility and uh, demoted and eventually fired after she voiced opposition to the company's overly religious practices. Oh, they're going to owe her big time. I sure hope so. They're in Texas. They won't owe her. What company was that? This was called uh, Gulf Winds International. So it had nothing to do with the church. Yeah, it's crazy. No, it it totally is. I actually, after, when I read the story, I actually went on their website and I sent, you know, it says contact us and I sent him a message. I said, I can't believe you guys. And And I said, you know, I don't reside in Texas. But if I was, there is no way in hell I would do business with a company like yours. Yeah, after, absolutely. After seeing this. Um, That's how it I don't know about you guys, but I'm sure I saw in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt glorify the Lord with logistics and trucking companies. I'm yes. Sure. That's yeah, one of the Ten Commandments, isn't it? That's, no, no, it's part of the 15. The five <laughs> got lost when he dropped the tablet. So I'm not, I'm not saying that people shouldn't go on their website, which is www.gwii.com and, <laughs> and, and write something about it. But anyway, we'll see where it goes. Just, just, to, just to be, you know, kind of a, a little wacky about this whole thing. Can you imagine if she had been hired by an Islamic company and they had wanted her to hand out the Quran and to pray five times uh, a day along with the with the owner and oh, the yeah, other. Exactly. How long do you think it would have taken Texas to have another revolution? <laughs> you know, with, what was um, the, sorry to interrupt. What was the guy's name? 
the the guy that was making her do it? Does it say? Uh, no, it doesn't say. It doesn't, it say, doesn't say. What was the address again? The email address. <laughs> one more time. www.gwii for Golf Wind International. ii.com. Okay, so this is what you do, guys. You go out, you buy the biggest, blackest dildo you can, <laughs> and, and you send it, it to them. them. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Like I said, David, not necessarily those. Let the value subsidiaries. <laughs> you can send it all to me. I don't. That's care. that's cool, man. Uh, apparently, the uh, Thompson told the uh, the courthouse uh, told the, she was told she told the company president that the employees were pointing to her that they were not, she was not comfortable. And then the president took Thompson out to lunch to tell her that she was not Christian enough and she needed to examine her walk with Jesus. This is the oh, president wow. the of the company telling you that. Oh. Maybe we can send them satanic Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she should have pulled out the no true Scotsman fallacy on, on him and said, I'm Christian in the way that I'm Christian, you're Christian in the way that you are. Yeah. Please explain to me how you're real and I'm not. Ooh, exactly. I, yeah, that would have been actually really good. That might come out in court, though. Yeah. Oh man, and of course, uh, the uh, the mission of the mission statement of the company is quote Our mission is to glorify God by providing world class logistics services <laughs> through continual investment in our people, client community, and the world we live in. Well, I you know, you, wow. God's a trucker. Go, go, yeah, going off in another tangent, I just wonder what her job interview was like, where she thought she'd be able to be perfectly secular in this company and, you know, be able to stay there till she retires. Uh, Obviously, I'm just wondering what what exactly is perfectly secular when they're asking you to distribute religious paraphernalia while you're doing your job. No, that's what I'm saying. There's no secularity there at all. No, no, what I'm saying is I wonder what happened during the job interview where she felt that she'd be wow. in a in a secular environment. It seems as though it would have there there might have been some clue. Who knows? I'm just thinking. Jeebus saves. randomly. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I would I would think that those people are probably like the owners and the, the managers are like super annoying to talk to. Like you, you <laughs> yeah. see those like those videos of Dawkins when he was doing uh root of all evil and he was out speaking to those like really far out there Christians and they had that glassy look in their eye <laughs> and they spoke in that really slow friendly christian tone <laughs> they would be super annoying to talk to and i probably wouldn't want to work around them just on that point alone because when you get that christian or that religious it encompasses every conversation every part of your life it's it's just like the muslims when when at, at the end of everything that they say um they uh, glory to god at the end of it in their in their way of saying it at, at, after every sentence so it's just it's all encompassing when you get to that level and it and it shows by his company mission statement now either he he a is looking to make money off of other christians by them seeing it or b is just really that christian yeah, I mean, if he, if he himself wants to start distributing literature, that's fine. But when you're forcing your employees to do it, that you're crossing the line. There. You're crossing the line by far. Yeah, yeah but sure. it's Texas. Yeah, it's Texas. Know. So I've got another story here, and uh, this is really the story of the week. Uh, now, our friend, it, it talks about our friend Bill Nye. Bill Nye, the science guy. Now, Bill Nye receives death threats after mocking Christian morality. Uh-oh. Really? Yeah, well, you do know that Bill's got his new show now, right? So, Bill Nye so wait a minute, the these, are, these are good Christians giving death threats to somebody who's making fun of them? Yeah, exactly. Good Christians. 
following their Ten Commandments. Uh, After mocking gay Jesus. conversions. Where does it say in the Ten Commandments that you can't mock Bill Nye? Now, come on. No, no, you can't kill Which commandment is that? You can't threaten him with death. Yeah, or, or yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, Bill Nye's got his new show, Bill Nye Saves the World, right? Which is a bit like his old show, that uh, Bill Nye the Science Guy. And after mocking gay conversion therapy... Uh, favored by some Christian conservative Christian on his new show, um, the, the science educator is, is facing death threats from angry Christian. Pink News, which is a news that specializes in LGBT news, reports on the violent reactions of some anti-LGBT Christian after watching an animated video from an episode from Nye's new series, uh, noting several of the, compo- the comments of the clip included direct threats, death threats aimed at Nye. Now, the uh, the episode in question is entitled The Sexual Spectrum, and it uses a little skit where there's ice cream as part of the hysterical analogy in the, on the uh, intolerant view of Christians. Uh, there's a video where there's a whole bunch of ice cream cones, and they're, like, animated, right? And they talk. There's a vanilla, vanilla ice cream cone, of course, it represents a straight Christian man, who tries to convince the rest of the ice cream cones that everybody should be vanilla just like him. Oh. So I'm gonna <laughs> So I'm going to play the clip here, and you guys tell me what... What do you feel about that? Because here it is. It's enlightened and forward thinking, but not everyone sees it this way. But there are lots of flavors to sexuality. Right, why are we here, Vanilla? Damn! Oh, this again? Come on! Ah! (laughs) Chillax, Strobs! Settle, everybody. Settle. Now, I've spoken to some of you about my theories on the nature of being ice cream. Which have no basis in science. It's the science of feelings. And as vanilla, I feel that I am the most natural of the ice creams, and therefore the rest of you should just go ahead and also be vanilla. It's the one true flavor. No! Don't make me stop being strawberry delicious! Oh, Christ. Look, no one can make you stop being strawberry, strawberry. Your strawberry. Holy salted caramel. I just think if you want to get right with the big ice cream in the sky, change your flavor by wishing to be vanilla. What if the big ice cream in the sky is chocolate? Blasphemy. Everyone should pretend to be vanilla until they no longer have the urge not to be vanilla. Uh, I did not urge to be pistachio. I am pistachio. So it just keeps going like that until eventually all the ice creams end up in the same bowl and they're having this kind of orgy of parfait or something like that. But it it it, it explains. So the cartoon mimics life. Yeah, it's very tongue in cheek, and it explains exactly uh, how how ridiculous Christian conversion therapy is, and this is why Bill Nye is essentially. Uh, being uh, threatened. I, I think it makes sense. How do you know that even though it's been uh, banned in a lot of places in the States, uh, it is making a comeback. The ice cream? Conversion, oh. No, ice cream. <laughs> I don't think ice cream ever went away. Uh, no, conversion therapy. Um, it, I, I guess because of the rise of the, the right again, um, they think that they can get away with it. So they're, they're you know, they're, they're going at it full force again, or trying to at least. Yeah, exactly. Well, the way things are going, I'm wondering when the witch burnings are coming back. Because, I mean, death, really? Death threats because you made fun of them? Death threats. Yeah. Someone has to think about this for a minute. You're saying that you're Christian. Didn't Jesus teach 
turn the other cheek? Well, I, okay, now I understand. Because the way you were holding your head, the AR-15 couldn't be aimed. So if you turn the other cheek, now you can aim it at your target. Well, the, the thing is, is that Jesus may have said, turn the other cheek. But he, he also said that he came to bring the sword and he came to separate families. And in Romans, it said that um, women who lay with women and men who lay with men should be put to death. Right. Uh, yes. So yes. so it, you may be right now looking at them and saying what happened to turn the other cheek when they may be looking at their Bible and looking at the nasty bits. Well, hold on. I think all this could have easily been changed if Jesus simply had ice cream. Right? <laughs> Jesus had ice cream. He never would have Strawberry. That Strawberry. <laughs> I guess even worse, right? Um, the Daily Wire editor-in-chief, Ben Shapiro, posted a video to his official Facebook page criticizing Bill Nye's analogy, noting, quote, There is no scientific basis for anything that is in this video. Just on a scientific basis, ice cream does not have genitalia. <laughs> this is an actual quote. And then PG Media, uh, media columnist Megan Fox <laughs> felt the same way. Quote, the message here is clear. <laughs> not at all scientific. Christian straight white people are bigots, racist, and not even straight. She wrote on Tuesday column. Bill Nye offers no proof of that other than a poorly drawn cartoon about debauched ice cream. <laughs> Megan Fox is that the actress? Megan no, Fox no, no. That, God, no! I sure hope not. PJ Media so, columnist. I don't think it's the same. Okay. it's the same person. Yeah, I was going to say, holy shit! You're right. There's there's no evidence of all at all of any of this happening. I mean, the Roman Catholic priests don't do the little altar boys. That's you know, even though it's been shown that that's what's happening. <laughs> uh, I guess that doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm partial to rainbow ice cream myself. Rain oh, that's good. There we go. That's there we good. Go. I like that. I wonder what the conservative Christians would do if they had a banana split all the always like all the flavors. Pollen, but. There you go. <laughs> and all the fixings too. <laughs> well, thank and, you. And, 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 you know, if you take vanilla, the only way vanilla is good is if you put it in a glass of root beer and make a float. Oh, oh I haven't yeah. had one of those in years. Yeah, that's the only way vanilla isn't boring, right? Yeah, exactly. So I guess we should tell the conservative Christians they need to chill and maybe enjoy a bit of ice cream. Ice cream. Exactly. Ice Drink cream for everyone. <laughs> Thank you for that, guys. And, and don't be so mean. Like, <laughs> why you got to be so mean? What's the point? Well, like, what's the use in running around? Uh, like, I, I, I don't see, like, the point in me saying don't be so mean is because they actually think that they're the good guys in this scenario. Like, I don't know how they think that that trying to that sending death threats a and also um, trying to force their beliefs or their opinion on how somebody should live and act. I don't see how they can cognitively make the connection that they're the good guys. Yet they do think they are. Well, yeah. make no mistake. Yeah, about they it. do. You got to remember the, the Christians have uh, this this thing that they want to they want to save us. You know, they want to save us from their imaginary God. So right? death so, threats are going to save us? Well, I mean, <laughs> no, when they're sending a death threat to you is because you think you, they think that you work for the devil. So therefore, they need to oh. eliminate you so you can save all the other good Christians. I'm so confused. Oh, I know. It's, it's So insane. are they. They're just all actually gay. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong. You know what? There's nothing wrong with got, that. I think got, denying. This is, denying a, this is a clean show, right? So I'm going to try to keep it as clean as possible. They <laughs> are upset that they felt a funny feeling where their teachers told them not to touch and they're mad at the gays because the gays are the ones that gave them the funny feeling there. <laughs> That's it. 
You know okay. what? For I, that, you know what? That's fair. Ding the bell, will you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. let's be like, like, let's be realistic about it. Why would you hate something that actually has no bearing on the way that you live your life, or the way your children live their lives, or, or society in general? Unless it does actually have some kind of bearing on the way that you live, and in that bearing, I would think that they are repressed in their their feelings for other men. Yeah, just my there opinion. We there we go. Yeah, I so, think it's the psychology just, seems to support that as well. Wow, I would agree. Ooh, that was deep. All right, thank you for that, guys. So now let's talk about the Great White North and his show, The Wayward Atheist. Now we had a brief introduction to your show. Yes. So Dave, so far, I mean, you're 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 from Ontario and all that, and we talked briefly about you. But how did yeah. the show itself come together? How did you get all your co-hosts with you? Okay, well, um, so David, uh, big black gay Dave, he uh, he was a guest on the show one time, and we just thought he was interesting and smart. So that was on the atheist uh, program. Uh, so he just we just got him to stick around and and continue doing the show with us and he used to do a segment i think he's going to start doing it again shortly called big gay world and he would just give <laughs> like um the i'm the one that came up with the name for that <laughs> i thought it was pretty funny too um he would give stories uh, uh, gay or uh, lgbt news from around the world like you know maybe um some not so nice stories but also some good stories and uh edward um again i was listening to cash's show atheist on air and he uh read an email from a guy in newfoundland that said like basically he's been alone in his atheism for the past 10 years and you know stuck in a small town in newfoundland so i uh reached out to cash to cash and got edward's information and sent him an email and told him you know you could come on and be a guest on the podcast and he came on and i kind of just kept him too and uh we had some other co-hosts and there was a falling out on that show um two of the co-hosts were married and like that was a mistake but they when when things fell out um it kind of just fell apart so we took the co-hosts that we that we still had that were all getting along and started a new show came up with the wayward atheist and decided like you know who was going to be on the show still, and we move forward from there. And then um, Datus Dustin, the latest uh, co-host, I just met online and kind of liked him, think he's a funny guy, so brought him on. Yeah. Cool. And now you guys have been running for almost a year, right? Yep. Yep. And so far, so good? So far, so good. I mean, our biggest, our, our I think our most listened to episode has about 1,900 plays. Oh, cool! Wow, fantastic! So, like, so uh, we're, we're at we're at over twenty thousand for 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 where we're at at twenty thousand plays. Oh, wow, that's fantastic! Now, yeah. now your your show, you guys deal with a. Uh, I mean, like the show I was on, we did a lot of international talk and all like that. Is yes. it always like a free for all form like that, or you guys yeah, have a certain formula? A, it, sorry, go ahead. Finish or, or do you guys usually have a certain formula you follow? No, it's always a, a round round table discussion. It's kind of the way that we do things. Uh, we don't talk about atheism as much as we used to on the show. Just uh, like 
we live in Canada and like where I live, I, I receive zero flack for being an atheist and see no, uh, overt religion uh, infecting the society that I live in. If there's a crazy enough story and it warrants it, we'll 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 talk about atheism, but we kind of moved away from that to because I think I think in in my world in general pol- politics affects things more than than atheism does. I mean, it does intersect um, depending on the government that you have, religion will, you know, seep into your politics like down south or if you're looking at at the Middle East, but it's just, we like that other show was on for about a year as well. And I mean, we covered all the, all the topics that atheists normally cover. And I think like maybe, uh, you know, just before Christmas, uh, I think it just started slowly getting more political than, and I, I think the current climate warrants that like the way that, politics in the U.S. is going and kind of the, the, the way that it is here as well. I think it, it warrants being talked about. Has, has, has it been your experience that maybe um, the religion and the way it has a tendency to, to seep into politics as maybe more covert in Canada than it is in the States? It's not worn on its sleeve, but there certainly well, is well, a yeah, lot of... of yeah, it. for sure, depending on which government you have. Like, I... I, like, I I would say, so the Christians, it was more, or for the Christians, for the the conservatives, it was Christians, and it wasn't exactly um, like undercover, right? So there was were some things that Harper, you know, funded some, fun, was trying to fund construction of an evangelical school um, using Canadian taxpayers' money. That that was shot down pretty pretty quick. Uh, I think with with the liberal government. They're siding with, um, with, and it's not like it's not like they're like, oh, we're gonna turn Canada Islamic. But I, I do have issues with any religion at all being talked about in government. So I don't think there should be religious motions. I don't think that that there should be uh, like it shouldn't be brought even in into the picture. We already have um, anti bigotry laws we already have hate speech laws we already have all the things that that they're going to be looking at in in uh the motion m103 they they just they they had to get the term islamophobia in to wording into court into court officialize the word they gave no meaning for it so when they were asked well what does islamophobia mean they gave no definition whatsoever and there's if you look it up, there's many definitions, and one of them is just to criticize Islam. Now, I'm not going to be like the 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 crazy guy that's going to say that's definitely what's going to happen, but we do already have um, blasphemy laws, so it's not that far of a stretch for for us to see it that way. Plus, they were also asked, can you just change the change the wording inside the motion to be anti-Muslim bigotry instead of Islamophobia, and they wouldn't budge on it. It had to be Islamophobia. Hmm. So I have a problem with that, but no. I don't think I don't think that the liberal government is going to be passing any Christian bills any any time any time as well. But I think that the the caring or the over caring that you see with with Islam and nobody can give you a definitive answer on why why the left kind of has a has a soft spot in their heart for it because like let's be honest. Some crazy, crazy, crazy stuff does happen within Islam, 
and it's written within the teachings for for them to play like that so it it, it doesn't make sense on its face that a liberal government would be trying to uh, it makes sense that they would be trying to have p- six people not be shot for sure but i think that there's ways of doing that without also bringing that religion specifically into it because it didn't say anything about and you know like christianophobia or or uh, you know mormonophobia or or any of those other things and religion is supposed to be treated on equal footing and because it's supposed to be treated on equal footing it's better just to say don't be a bigot towards anybody ever like you know we we have a provincial election coming up here in BC. I, I think we vote on May the ninth. We have a new party, the Christian Heritage Party. I don't know a whole lot about that's them, not but that's I, not a new party. That's been oh, okay. out, out east here for a while. Oh, all right. Um, well, it's new to us. They're, they're not. They're not going to get anywhere. They never get anywhere here either. I wouldn't worry about them too much. Yeah, how did, did they? Were, did they start in Ontario or in the east? Because this is a uh, they new. Started it, they started in the east for sure. Um, I don't even think they've ever won a seat, to tell you the truth. Hmm. Well, not it'd be in interesting. And they're not in all the ridings either, because there's not enough people that want to that want to get on board with it. I really hope that you guys get rid of of um, Christy. Like she's just a, and it's not like I'm like. Well, I do think that li- the liberals in general uh, lie way too much, and they run from the left, and then govern from from center right but she just seems particularly inept at running your province so it, it beyond just the base ideology of like i tend to dent, uh, vote ndp um beyond the base ideology that i don't line up with the liberal party it just seems to me the news stories that i see out of bc she's in inept at running your province would you agree with that yes well, I sort of have a tendency to agree with that. Although they they have the liberal moniker, they're they're truly a conservative party, really. And uh, you know, unfortunately, the uh, the NDP. Not that I necessarily vote for them, but the NDP here made a bit of a gaffe in the '90s, and they've been having this this storm cloud over the head forever since then. And I tell people this year is like, come on, it's been 20, 30 years now since they did that gaffe. Let it go, you know. But they 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 still they they still have a lot of uh, the elder voters that still will come to you and say, remember the NDP? And they say, so I, I, I unfortunately foresee them going back in. Yeah, for yeah, prob- probably. For some reason, Canada is just stuck on voting for the, the Liberals. The NDP did the same thing here in, in Ontario. And I'm not even sure I, I'm going to vote for the NDP this time around because they've, they've also done some stuff with, with Islam, like especially here in Ontario, so they've they made uh, and they're the ones that brought the the bill forward. Yeah. Um, they've made o- October Islam Islam Heritage Month. Really? Um, no. Yeah. So I could see them doing like um, Arabic um, Heritage Month, but to have the word Islam specifically in it, I just I don't fucking play that. Pardon uh, my French. Yeah. So um, I'm going to be voting and this is going to sound crazy to you guys and you're probably going to think it's a waste of a vote but I don't think any any uh, votes are wasted and I think if you want to vote for a third party or a party that doesn't is doesn't have a chance of being elected I think that people should vote for the platform that closely fits their needs their wants and and their ideals of the way that the world should be so I'm going to be voting for the pirate party
The pirate Very party. Very good. You guys have yeah. a pirate party. I am yeah. not even aware of this. What is this pirate party? Um, a, a, a basic uh, breakdown of it. Um, I would say that they're probably the closest thing to... Um, the rhino party? Uh, no, no. no, no. Um, an evidence-based system that you're going to get. So really? everything is based on evidence. The economics is evidence-based. Um, you, you know, welfare, um, the social stuff, your, your health care, uh, the labor market. 100% of your society is going to be data-driven. Oh, I like that. That pirate party idea came from Europe, didn't it? It did, yes. And actually, the pirate party is pretty pretty big in Iceland, and they were given the task of reshaping um, the government in Iceland. Mm, interesting. And it fits so well with the flying spaghetti monster, doesn't it? It the does. whole pirate thing. It, the, the name <laughs> is perfect. funny. Like they're a fr- they're also a freedom party. So like they're like into like uh, online freedoms is a big yeah. is a big uh, thing for them. So that's like where the part the pirate name came from because they wanted you know to the internet should stay free. So yeah, yeah. It, there seems to be a, a turn towards populism in the in the you know, voters and not just in this country in a lot of countries. And I think I think it's something to to watch. Uh, so, well, so, Quebec smacked that down, though, the populist thing, right? Because Kevin O'Leary dropped out. Yes, wonderful. Because he got no support in Quebec. But, I mean, he didn't speak French. And I can understand them not liking that because I I wouldn't like it if there was a politician out of Quebec that couldn't speak English either. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And Ke- let's face it, Kevin O'Leary is a huge douche anyway. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> so is so are most of them, yeah. to tell you the truth. So, so who, who's running the province right now in Ontario? In on in Ontario, it's the Liberal government. And they have been for the past fifteen years, and it's uh, they've been pretty inept at it. The, they just uh, balance the budget. If I'm going to be honest, so there's no pirate party in our provincial election. If I'm going to be honest, and I was going to say that I actually believed the Liberals um, when they say what they're going to do, I'm, I might actually vote for for them. But it's just been fifteen years of nightmare and their policies have caused a lot of problems for my family with my autistic son a lot of mm-hmm. uh, you know like we ended up having to pay for private therapy which was 23,000 a year because the province Ooh. didn't Ouch. offer enough and yeah so like we've had money troubles because of them but um, they've done a few things that that I really support so well, yeah, like this right now they're, right now they're doing a test run for the the basic income for yes uh, yes you know we talked and about this I, in a previous show and we also talked this morning which was just before you came on Dave about how they're going to give uh, free prescription drugs to anybody that's 25 and under I mean well that's f- that's if the NDP is in right or is that the no no that's the a, liberal the I believe liberal that's the liberal I believe that's that's okay. happening okay well and the the other the other pro, well I don't like let's not uh, like believe me we've seen them say this before and then it doesn't happen so until it's actually happening I I don't believe it so now the basic income is actually happening and the other thing that they've done is that so if you're it doesn't matter if you're an adult or or a child um, if your family if you live in a family that makes under I think it's 36,000 a year you don't have to take out student loans you just go to college or university for free and if you're a wow. single person and you make under 20 or 25,000 or something like that even if you're an adult you just you go to university for free no need to take out student loans mm-hmm. now if your family makes ab- above that then 
you would either, I guess, have to take out loans or they would have to pay for your your schooling. So those are a few of the good things. Um, some other things that, that I've seen that they're thinking about introducing is like high-speed trains, um, which is great for the it's environment. But again, top. it's been 15 years of them saying that they're going to do this and it just, it never happens. So I'm very skeptical, but if I could actually believe that they were going to do this, then I would get on, on board. But I also have to ask where, like where, where is the money for this going to come from? Because for the past 15 years until now, we haven't had a balanced budget. Like this was the first time we've had a balanced budget. And as soon as the, the, the budget is balanced and work starts kicking up again, they're talking about spending it. Now, I do really like those programs, but I would like to see, like, where we're going to take the money from, um, like, what programs are going to be shut down. And I would have liked also, I would have liked to seen that that um, basic income have a test run province wide because the real um, data from from that will come at a larger scale than just one city, because what you're going to end up saving on when people are fed, housed and clothed is police services are going to go way down. Uh, incarceration is going to go way down. Um, people that are that are middle class or near middle class have less health issues because they're not as stressed and they tend to take better care of themselves. You're no longer going to have a welfare system to pay for. You're no, no longer going to have workers' compensa- compensation to pay for. You're not going to have to worry about paying for old age pensions anymore. With the police services and the jail services going down, you're also not going to have to pay for people that can't afford lawyers anymore. So there's a whole swath of of things that are going to be deleted um, when you do the basic income properly that we really need to see the data uh, for instead of just doing it in a couple small pockets or even do it in a larger city where there are actual crime rates. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's That's very interesting. Uh, so, so your audience, I'm assuming, is mainly in the states, or is it mostly, mm-hmm. mostly here in Canada as well? No, actually, I might. I would like to have more of a Canadian audience, but um, like 70% of my listeners are from the states. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Ours is the other way around. Uh, so, you're you're American. Uh, you're, you guys are talking a lot about politics, obviously. So, yeah. you get a lot of questions from an American audience asking you about Canadian politics, and because we're we're definitely doing things incredibly differently here. Mm-hmm. None. Whenever I talk about Canadian politics, too, the numbers really show it. Really? They, they yeah. just don't fucking care. Yeah, wow. That's, that's incredible. You would think that, uh, especially with you, the country next door is doing something very different that seems to work, you would think the Americans would take notice. No, it's, a, it, it's like a real, you can really definitely see the numbers go down when when you do, when it, like, it, like either... Trudeau's name is in the title or, or any of those things, yeah. then you're definitely going to see, like I even did a show where, um, when, um, Justin Trudeau wrote his little love letter to, to, uh, Vidal Castro and, and so did Jill Stein. I kind of did like a, an open letter to both of them yep. and we, we talked about it on the show. And even then, uh, the numbers compared to the week before and then the week prior were like way down. Oh, wow. Incredible. So, so what? What uh, in your experience? What do the Americans want to hear? I don't really like. I, I guess stuff about America. Trump. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's amazing. Having been born in the states, you'd think that Canada was um, you know a million miles away rather than than the next door neighbor. My 
My yeah. niece tells a, a cute story of being on um, a flight coming coming back to uh, Vancouver, and she was talking to an American um, guy whose family was sitting someplace else, and they got into talking about tourism. And the guy turned that- to turned to her and said, "Oh, what side of the road do you drive on, so I know I can get used to it?" <laughs> I mean, it's like they, there's no there's so little yeah. awareness, and they they truly don't care. I, well, no, I can't they, say they that about everybody, don't. but I can understand understand your numbers. It, it's really funny because the average Canadian knows so much about what's going on in the states. But I, um, I married an American, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were right. They lived right in Buffalo. The whole family lived yeah. around the Buffalo Tonawanda area. They knew nothing about what was across the border. Wow, nothing at all. It's amazing. A couple of questions. I'm curious. So, how, how did you meet your American wife? Oh, me? I yeah. Okay, I was trying to date another girl. She <laughs> was from the States. She was from Buffalo. She, they would come across and drink in, in the Niagara region uh, where, where I grew up, and uh, they were too young to drink in the States. So I was taking this girl back across, and we went down one of the side streets in South Buffalo, and I just about ran over somebody. They don't plow their side streets in the wintertime, or they didn't back then. And slipping and sliding on the ice, I just about hit this this girl. And the girl I was with knew her, had no interest in me, and set me up with her. And the next thing I knew, I was going out with with this other girl. So you married the woman you just about hit with your car? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We've since been divorced, but I mean, you know. What a romantic story. (laughs) (laughs) Almost hit her with my car. (laughs) And they say romance is And of course, the first thing her father did when he met me was show me his gun collection. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I lucked out. I married, I was a a U.S. citizen, still am, but I married a Canadian. I got the best. He almost hit you with his car, right? Yeah, pardon? He almost hit you with his car, right? (laughs) No, no. No. Let let me me ask you. No, that's why I married him. Since you're you you live in Canada now, and um, maybe give me three things that you that you like about living in Canada, and three things that you preferred about the U.S. I think Canada is a is a country that's more more diverse. It, I I I have found that it embraces diversity. That I find the Canadians to be family oriented, easy to get along with. I love the Canadians. I, I truly do. I think the country in general moves in the in the right direction. There are hiccups, but I think that the heart the heart of Canada is in in the right right direction. Um, in terms of the U.S., I'm happy I'm not there with Trump. I, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a liberal progressive Democrat, and how the right wing got to power to put a man that's so inept and e- e- egotistical and narcissistic, I, uh, it, it, it makes me cry. It, it truly makes me cry after Obama to see what's happening in the United States. So the politics and the right wing um, that, that's now in charge is, is said it'll, it'll eventually come back around. But I think the, the religious and the, the gun culture um, are, are impeding the progress of a country that, that used to be great. And unfortunately, regardless of what Trump says, um, it's not great under him. It, it it will be, it will be again. But right now, it's just a sad period in their in their existence. 
The things that I do like about the U.S., I do like um, the medical system. Um, access to the American system is easier, and some of the technology is a little bit more yeah, advanced. You, you, don't, you, don't like, you don't like to have to pay for... Uh, yeah, when you have insurance, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it works. I mean, that's, that can be a very moot point, but that's one of the things that, uh, that I, I, still, I still like in, in terms of where uh, parts of Canada are now in terms of their medical system and parts of the U.S. There's an advantage. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I, I would say that the, the clear advantage is that everybody in your country is covered. That's clearly the advantage over the American system. Oh, yeah. It just yeah, takes a bit more time. That's right? all there is to it. But access like, to, I, access I say, to the system. Would you not agree that, like, um, so, so like Canada is not the best example of of universal health care, right? Like, like a lot of mistakes have been made and it used to be a lot better than it is right now. Oh, I agree. But if you, if you take, uh, like a country like Denmark or, um, even, even France has a better healthcare system than, than Canada, it's much quicker. So if you could have, um, the European technologies and the American speed, then, um, you know, then for sure there's, there's no advantage to the American yeah, I would. I would agree. Yeah, it's access. It's access to the system that is a that hurts people who are suffering from one thing or another when surgeries are delayed 18, 18 months and MRIs are delayed yeah, well, we just a couple of years. It's di- it's difficult. People get sicker quicker. Got to be careful with that because in the states they yeah. have a tendency to think that you know every access to hospital is delayed like that, and that's when they're being fed the propaganda that's being fed. That's not the truth. There are some operations that there is a bit of a waiting list, and there is a triage, and, you know, the guy comes in with a heart attack is going to go in before the guy who just has a bum knee, of course. But overall, I'm I'm just glad I'm not, I don't have to fork out $60,000 to get a, an I operation agree. on anything. No. There's, there's pros and cons. My, my personal experience has been has been access, but um, in, in different parts of Canada, it, access is a lot quicker. Yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so I've had two surgeries, uh, both uh, emergency, and I got service like same day right away. Thanks, brought man. in uh, was for broken broken bones, and then um, I had compartmental syndrome in my arm. Uh, you guys don't know what that is. It's it's basically like a blunt force trauma. So like uh, soldiers get it in their legs a lot from IEDs when they're in the Hummers. Um, you have a sack that holds your muscle, your bone, and your tendons together. Well, the sack gets split, fluid gets in, but it doesn't come out. So your arm blo- balloons and your mm. nerve endings and everything feel like it's an advice. So it's a very painful experience. Ouch. I've never had the, the experience that people talk about waiting for services for long periods of time. Even in an emergency, it doesn't seem to be that long for me. I'm just... I don't, I don't see where the, yeah, the I'm with you. I've the, lucked out every time I've gone to emergency, it's been less than three hours. I'm out of yeah. the hospital. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Dave, this is what happens when you start punching theists, right? You know, your arm might get some yeah. damage. You need to stop doing that, man. I need to stop that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Dave, for being on the show with us today. Uh, but the mic is all yours, my friend. Be shameless. Go ahead. Plug your show. Tell us where can people find you? And if they want to listen to your show, where can they find it? 
Okay, well, you can find the Wayward Atheist podcast at all of your regular uh, podcast apps like iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, FM Player, all, all those uh, widgets. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Wayward Atheist Podcast. You can find us at Gmail, Wayward Atheist Podcast at gmail.com, obviously. You can find us on Facebook, Wayward Atheist uh, on Facebook. You can get in touch with me, uh, Dave Edwards, on Facebook. I'll, you know, send me a friend request. I'll be your friend. I don't, I'm not uh, snobby and I don't bite. So I'll, I'll accept a friend request from literally anybody. I'll speak to anybody, no matter which side of the political um, uh, field you come from, whether you're right or left. I'll, if you're respectful to me, I'll be respectful to you. And maybe we can change each other's minds on on something. Exactly. You know? Get the conversation going. Before I yeah, let exactly. You, before I let you go, Dave, can I ask you to do me one favor? Can I get yep. you? To, can I get you to say hi? This is Dave, the Great White North from the Wayward Atheist, and I took a left at the valley. Hi, this is Dave, aka the Great White North, and I took a left at the valley. And that was Dave Edwards, a.k.a. the Great White North. And that was from fun. Ontario. Yeah, he's one of those guys that we could have on, and he'd just keep going forever, wouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He's a talker. Oh, yeah, he's <laughs> absolutely. He warned us about that. And it's kind of funny because he, I was thinking the, the whole show would be talking about atheist issues, but no, it just mm-hmm. turned into a political discussion. So that was yeah. very interesting, too. So it shows that, you know, atheism can go into a lot of things. Yeah, including- yeah. Well, that's the fun about doing our podcast is we, we cover the spectrum up and down, left and right. We never know from one week to the next. So uh, <laughs> you can start out having a, a thought, well, he's an atheist. We're going to go in this direction and it'll turn upside down before you wink, blink an eye. Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining us today again. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Uh, you can follow us on leftatthevalley.com. You can go on Twitter. You can go on Facebook to find us. Uh, you can send us an email at leftatvalleyatoutlook.com. You can send your complaints to Nancy at... <laughs> Third floor. Third floor, exactly. Uh, you can uh, follow us on iTunes, on Spreaker, on Blog Talk, on YouTube. If you uh, some of these uh, these uh, like Blog Talk, for example, if you sign up on Blog Talk, they will send you an email whenever the show is uh, about to air. So uh, that'd be great. Coming up next week, we have our old friends Randy Tyson and the Legion of Reason. Oh wow! They will be back, and they will be talking about the regressive left. Mm-hmm. And then coming soon after that, we have Robert Price. The Bible Geek. That'll be fun. And we also are talking about our old friend, Del Ray. Oh. We'll be talking about uh, things about sex. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> For sure. We'll have to bring up circumcision with him then. I guess. <laughs> Although I really want to talk with him about the uh, hypnosis in church. He wrote a book oh. on that. and uh, well, I don't know Hypnosis about, but... in church. Yes. That sounds interesting. Yes. Yeah. So we'll have some great shows coming up for you guys. Guys, thank you so much for being with us. Until next week. Sounds good. It amazes me how perfectly intelligent people can reach the conclusion that all non-believers are evil. What a fucked up statement. Do you realize what you're saying? But according to this is how your God made me Skeptical of anything that contradicts history Denies evolution, hates science, promotes mystery I'd rather see the truth than to bask in my own ignorance Rather be alone than surrounded by damn idiots As long as there's a breath in my body You can bet your last dollar I'll be working hard fighting this problem Religion is a disease, it comes from culture Only true on a regional scale Science is universal 
Just say that horse isn't real, but Jesus is. Or Zeus, Thor, Mithra, Vishnu, you don't believe in them. I think the reason is apparent. You do what you're told and believe in the God assigned by your parents. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. Something to be ashamed I'm an atheist Yes. 